You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Today, my guest is Mackenzie Meehan. She is a wonderful and hilarious actor who I had the pleasure of getting to know when we both did a, a summer acting program at the Guthrie Theater when we were in grad school. She is such an open-hearted and honest woman, and I really enjoyed our conversation and hearing about her experiences. We ended up having to record this via Skype, which I have never done before, so the audio will sound a little bit different, just to give you a heads up. And there's also a loud banging noise at one point. I think my neighbor decided to hang some pictures next door, so I'll try to, I'll try to edit some of it out, but if you hear that noise, that's what it was. I hope you enjoy the 18th episode of The Compass. So, Mackenzie, what is the dark side for you as an artist, and how do you try to keep away from it? I've been thinking about this question so much because I know this is how you start your <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, the dark side, <clears throat> it changes. I, I graduated in 2009 from grad school, as you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, it, it changes over the years. I feel like um, at first when I graduated and I, I really had a long stretch of not working and I felt like I couldn't get arrested. I mean, it was like, the, you know, the economy just crashed, so I couldn't even get a Joe job. I just, um, we just saw the big short yesterday and it made me, me so angry and depressed. And it took me right back to that time when we graduated and it, yes. in a really personal way. It was so, I was so angry. No, I was just, I was watching it too, and I had dreams about it all night, and I was tossing and turning, going, I was so, I, I was personally affected by it, everyone mm-hmm. in my class was affected by it, my mom was affected by it, it was such a gnarly time to come out of school, because it had been such a bountiful time before that, and all of the alums who came out of NYU were, you know, saying, oh, you know, I audition sometimes five times a week, or something like that, and yeah. that just was not, that was not our reality. Um, and it's different for every type. It's different for every kind of actor and your representation and all that, I guess, and your type. But, mm-hmm. um, it, it was, I think the hardest part was just not even being able to get a job. I mean, I would show up to serving, um, you know, to try to be a server and there would be 50, 75 people there. And I had really no experience and, I really just needed to start making money because my student loans were kicking in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dark side for me then was just, I need to survive. I need to survive. I need to pay rent. I need to feed myself. And, um, it brought me literally to my knees many, many times. And it just so happened to be this perfect storm of getting bed bugs around the time that I graduated in the dead of winter 
and the financial, if anyone's ever had to deal with that, the financial burden of that was so intense. And mm-hmm. I really hated to ask for help from my parents, but I, I had to, cause I didn't have a bed to sleep in all of a sudden and the cost of washing everything and throwing things out. And, um, it was just really hard. And, and the only thing I remember this being <laughs> hysterically funny to me at the time, because I was, I was so fried. Um, my friend Kat Wallach, who you obviously know, mm-hmm. she was so kind and offered her home to me. And we had worked out this whole plan of, this was when I had bed bugs and I was, you know, in between trying to get real work and stuff. And she was like, come stay with me. And, and, and I said, okay, well, I don't know how we're going to get me into your house and have you feel safe that I don't have bed bugs on me. And so she was like, okay, why don't you in the vestibule, <laughs> I, will, I will have clothes. I will have clothes for you to wear and you will strip down. <laughs> this was in January, like this time of year. And she Is this a big building? <laughs> yes. And to your skivvies and then we'll have you run upstairs into the bath We'll, we'll take your clothes and put them like outside in a plastic bag. And then I lived in her clothes for like Aww. weeks, but it was such a crazy time. And at the time this, I don't know why I found this so funny, but my mom was like, well, I'd like to really help you, um, get some therapy for this. Because I was <laughs> like, it was so, it was so bad. And I just thought it was so funny that she was offering therapy to me because there was no, <laughs> nothing else doing. Um, so but maybe that's therapy. a big New York racket, <laughs> the post bed bug oh therapy market. It was because it was like, you know, you're looking around at your classmates, soaring some of them around you and some of them having a really hard time and there's just no rhyme or reason to any of it. And, um, so it was, a, so what does it actually look like? It looks like a lot of tears, a lot of despair, a lot of. Um, doubting whether or not I should be an actor, if I should live in New York, did I make a mistake? I'm now facing my loans. I have no prospects. So I definitely needed to talk to someone, a professional about my life. And boy, did that save my life. Yeah. I mean, it really did. I, I don't know if I could have sustained living here. Um, and, you know, just really good friends, really, really solid people in my life who took me in at my lowest and literally fed me and put me in clothes until this whole bed bug disaster was over. And eventually things kind of came around. It was almost like the seasons turned and it was spring. And I finally had booked um, a Sundance theater lab, which was in Massachusetts and uh, I met who is now my husband and things just really kind of literally blossomed after that. Yeah. I mean, I remember like the cherry blossoms were finally <laughs> out and like I was in love and, um, and then that's when things started cooking a little bit, but what a first boy, year out of school Jeez. That was a really hard time. And you know, it still looks like that yeah. for me. It still looks like tears and despair and anger and, um, having to have therapy sessions. Mm -hmm. And I will say, you know, in addition to that, doing a lot of yoga and just breathing through it, um, listening to happy music and being around good people and staying busy, having a purpose outside of being an actor became another realization later that I can't just hold on to that. I need to actually care about other things and think Mm -hmm. about other things and be other things. That's something that, um, I think is so complicated and something I'm always thinking about is like, of course you're so invested in your career and you want to celebrate when you have good things finally happen, but you always have to temper it with like not basing your worth on the times when you, you know, you're not working and like that making you feel so low like you can't base all of your self-esteem on that how do you how do you deal with that like if you do have like I know you just did this big job for a tv show like of course you want to celebrate it but how do you temper it so it doesn't become (laughs) I'm not saying this well but do you understand what I mean (laughs) I I'm actually I'm in a dark place right now um you know 
I believe in being transparent and that's what this whole podcast is about. And mm-hmm. that's what I like about it is that we're, we're getting honest here. Um, and my reality at this moment is two things are true. I was lucky enough to shoot, you know, a, a, re- a recurring role on vinyl 10 out of 10 episodes. It was a surprise to me that it kept on going and I had uh-huh. no expectation that that would happen. Um, when were you actually shooting that? Like, when were you actually getting to do the work? Because I know it's about to start airing. May of 2015 through October. Um, and we can get into sort of the logistics of what that means, because I'm not a series regular, so it, it never felt like I had a secure place on that show. It always felt like, okay, well, this is my last show, and right. I'm going to get fired, obviously, so... Um, you know, make it count. So I was lucky enough to have that happen. Concurrently, I was also trying to get pregnant because Mm -hmm. I had this realization relatively, I mean, I guess at the beginning of 2015 that like the, the key to my happiness is to step on the gas with my life. I can't wait for, you know, the industry to tell me when it's a good time to live my life. I need to just do it. And then the industry will have to work around it. So I was like, you know what? This is something that's really important to me. Um, this is feels like the right time. So I find myself now five months pregnant, and um, the show is about to come out, but I have not had one audition since I told my reps really? that I'm pregnant. And I was told, great, we're happy for you. Business as usual, you know, until you are showing and it is like really obvious it's not going to be a problem and that just hasn't been true and so it's been a really tough balance for me so there's even when I do get excited about vinyl I'm still the reality of my life is I'm an I'm an out-of-work actor Mm -hmm. (laughs) whose unemployment is running out and I need to figure out a way to feed myself again. So it's like this weird mirroring of 2010 where I'm now looking for babysitting work Mm -hmm. and, um, like a pregnant woman babysitting. It's just, I don't know. There's something really sad about it, but you do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, so life just kind of doesn't let me even get too excited. It, it always finds a way to humble me. I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> right when I start. No, I'm, I'm laughing because okay, I'm relating. Like I'm living the dream. Here I am. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, you know, it knocks me down a few pegs and, and that's okay. That's, yeah. that's my reality and I'll get through it, but you know. It's definitely interesting with this type of work though, that it's like, oh, it's about to start airing and everyone's. I mean, of course, it'll be exciting that everyone's seeing the work you did, but everyone will be congratulating you, and, and you're like, I, that was a long time ago, and I need another job. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the show, so being a recurring co-star, which is like under five per episode, means that it's con- it's contract by contract, so they don't have to rehire me. Um, so there's just no job security whatsoever. I don't know if I'm going to be in season two, Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to deal with my pregnancy or not. Um, so you have to kind of live your life assuming it's not going to happen. Yeah. And make other plans. Do you know? I mean, it's sort of like, all right, plan B is going to be this. And plan C will be this. And my New Year's resolution, which is so hard for me, is just to have faith. It's like such a simple idea. But I'm just like, I have to believe somewhere inside that this is all going to make sense and it's all going to work out because it always does. Historically, things do make sense, you know, in retrospect. But at the time, you're just like, why? Why is this happening? And um, Yeah. Yeah. And there is no rhyme or reason to it. And we have so little control. What are some ways that you've found to deal with the control issue? Like having, having agents tell you or having casting directors tell you if you can even audition for the job. Like, have you found any um, ways to have projects on your own or? Yes. So hobbies? 
one yeah that's like one leg of of my go-to place like I have a few things I do to try to get myself out of the hole I guess you would call it Mm -hmm. one of them is to focus on what I can control and so you know you kind of meditate on what is interesting to me right now what am I thinking about right now and um I uh, a year and a half ago started a project where I um was interviewing moms about their birthing experience oh really and I'm still trying to figure out how that wants to be told is it through a podcast is it through um a theater piece kind of a la the vagina monologues Mm -hmm. is it um a documentary style thing I'm just kind of still letting it reveal itself to me but yeah I just got really hungry to hear birthing stories and and being a mom and what it looks like and so I have a few of those in the can so to speak so I'm still did slowly you record working on it I think did you record being, the interviews or say that again did you record the interviews or I do mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of them are you know, via Skype from people I know who live in other parts of the country, but mm-hmm. it's, it was a really, really fulfilling thing for me to do. And, um, so that's, that's one little project I've had going on. Another is as NYU has studio Tish, which is this awesome program. I'm so just, jealous of that. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And I always like, I, I think it's so, it's such a gift and to not take advantage of it is so silly because we basically have this uh, you apply for the space, and you can work on whatever you want to work on. You can do a play uh, that's been written, if you get the rights to it. Um, you can write a play. That, you know, you can do a play that you've been working on and put it up. You can. And that's just in the summer, something. right? It's in the summer. Yeah. Um, when things are a little slow, anyway, and I have found that to be so helpful to start thinking about at this time of year when things are a little slow and when you're kind of vitamin D deficient mm-hmm. and depressed and you're like, what, what do I want to do this summer? So I found Studio Tish to be a real lifesaver for me to express myself and have it just be pure and about the work. And it's not about reviews or making money or equity weeks. It's just about the love of theater and yeah. saying what I want to say. And being able to have a free um, space like that is so incredible because that's money is such a barrier. It to, really is. To even trying to produce your own stuff. It really is. And so that's something I, I try to take advantage of whenever possible. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing, another survival thing is just like you got to get your body up. You got to shower every day. You got it's simple. Yeah. But it's like go outside give yourself something to do every day, something meaningful and important and eating well is so important treating your body taking walks going to the gym going to yoga I mean it's simple but getting those endorphins up and having a a reason to be is it's so important because you could just sit on your couch and watch Netflix all day yeah and boy have I been there but it just doesn't help yeah and of course you know therapy is always a great place to go if you're really needing to process some heavy stuff mm-hmm. some life stuff and career stuff and um so that's that feels like it's always there for me and I really appreciate having someone I can talk to about the dark stuff yeah I know I don't know if you and your husband find this since he's also an actor but I know for Frankie and I like he's my biggest cheerleader he's my best agent he's my he'll list, you know supports me completely but there's only so many times we can talk about the frustrating things with career stuff because he'll get frustrated for me and you know you just can't hash over it so many times with the person that you're sharing your entire life with so it's it's helpful for me to talk to my therapist about it too (laughs) just to have someone who's not so close to me who loves me so much to stop putting the burden of that on him a little bit I totally feel that way because yeah. he might be having a great day and then I just come in and crap all over it. And it's like all of a sudden his responsibility and yeah, it's not fair. And you do need an objective eye and someone um, who can give, you know, my therapist has been great at giving me tools to just deal with um, 
life's challenges, difficult relationships with family, um, learning, you know, a lot of it has just been learning how to communicate better, how to say no, Mm -hmm. um, especially as a woman that can be hard. I went through a phase of my acting career where I started to feel like, um, I was playing parts that were, I was getting pigeonholed a little bit and like maybe feeling like, I don't like where this is going. This was okay for a while, but I don't need to be the, the sexy mouthy ball buster. Hmm. I, I started to get auditions for things that were like required nudity and, you know, like yeah. sexy scenes. And I'm like, I'm a wife and my family's conservative and this is not going to be the path that I, I want to go down. Right. And I, I learned how to kind of process that and get in touch with what do I, what do I really want? And how does this really feel inside me? Am I saying yes to this audition out of fear because I don't want my agents to be mad at me mm-hmm. or am I, you know, so I needed, I've been trying to identify what, what I really want and how to, how to, it's, and how to say no and be okay with, I'm not comfortable with that. That used to be true. It's not anymore. That's not who I am. Mm -hmm. I can do more than that. I'm, I am more than that. And, um, maybe risking some long bouts of unemployment, but that's just not where I want it to be. Yeah. So I've, I found that those tools have been really, I've learned those in therapy. So thank God for that. Good. That's so important. I think it's also hard as actors but maybe even more so as women too. Like, I feel like we're all very empathetic people. Like it's, yeah. it's easy for me to see both sides of a situation and I'll quickly discount my side of it. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, I understand why like this is bothering me or I'm angry about this, but I totally understand their point of view. And to them, mm-hmm. it probably seems like this. And I've, I've been like slowly learning to let go of that, like with some family issues and things where it's like, it's no, it's, it's okay that I'm upset by that. That was upsetting. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just owning it. Yeah. Owning your stuff. That's a, that's a, it's a lifelong thing. Yeah. Recognizing what's your stuff and what's someone else's stuff and not getting wrapped up in that's, that's you. That's not me. That's you. So I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, you know, we're at an age where everyone's thinking about kids, if that's something they want. And so that's something that Frankie and I talk about a lot. And it's frightening and scary to make a leap like that, especially when we don't know our long-term employment and financial yeah. stuff. I'm so inspired by what you said that you just wanted to like put the pedal to the metal on your life and not wait around. And I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say about that decision or how you're feeling now when you're like in the middle of being pregnant and an artist? I I don't, I had a, well, Kat, you know, she's one of my best friends and is so supportive. And I've spent many hours on the phone crying to her about like what's happening right now. Why, why am I being written off? Um, I am ready and able to work. Absolutely. I feel I feel totally gypped and I don't know what's going on. And, you know, she reminded me, this is something you wanted and you were willing to make that sacrifice. There are actors out there who would just wait until it felt right. Um, and I, something just became really clear to me, Hmm. uh, last year that it was like, there is nothing that could get in my way. It was just a really, um, my husband and I got in a minor car accident at the beginning of the year and this, she was, she must've been drunk or on drugs or both or something, but this woman rear ended us and, um, I had like a minor concussion and I was just like, you know what, this is a nice nudge from the universe to remind me that this could have been a lot worse Mm -hmm. and we're all living to tell the tale, but I'm just going to make the decision henceforth. Things just got really clear. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like something um, lifted and I was really clear about, I need to put my life first. I am not my career. 
My career does not define who I am or my worth. Mm-hmm. It is something I do for money. And I need to start making decisions for me, for my family, for my well-being, and uh, really getting in touch with that. And under no circumstances making an exception. And it and it is hard. Like I, I you know, like I mentioned earlier, I have... I have had a really slow, um, hard time of it since telling people that I'm pregnant, but, um, I'm trying to just flip it and see it as an opportunity to read books and Mm -hmm. take care of myself and take some prenatal yoga classes and take walks every day and feed myself. And, you know, this time in my life is fleeting this time with my husband where we can just sit on the couch and hang out uninterrupted. This time is, is going to end very soon. So I'm just trying to see it as an opportunity and a gift and, um, and try not to despair. I mean, a lot of it is like literally side coaching myself. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you just know the logical thing and you know, what you need to hear you're just in your thing but you can step outside of it and say get a grip maybe this is okay maybe this is exactly what needs to be happening right now and you should be grateful for it but the fact that you're aware aware of it is like the biggest the biggest step that you can see that it's just it's emotional or it's irrational and you can step outside and be like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know I know it feels really bad but (laughs) we can do something about this It's not, you know, every day is not easy, but I do, I do believe that the, what's made me happier in life is to live my life, you know, and it comes in, it's so simple. It's like, I started to say yes to taking trips. Um, I used to be the actor that was like, oh, I, this is a bad time of year and I might get a call back or I might get an audition for this. And it's just that small adjustment of, um, you know, my mom and my brother and my um, niece were going to Disneyland and she's six and they were going to be in Disneyland in, um, in April of last year. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds like such a great thing. And that sounds like a once in a lifetime trip. And I want to see Disneyland through my niece's eyes. And, and I was just like, fuck it. So I booked (laughs) a ticket and. I went to California and I I was like, I never regret spending money on a trip to see my friends. I never regret spending money going home for the holidays and seeing people I love. That is always worth it. And that to me is the like, live your life lesson. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like the smell of desperation kind of leaves you when you're happier. Yeah. And when you're just doing you, you know? Yeah. But I think you really, you really do have to take that agency for yourself because no one's going to give it to you. You know, like nope. every, everybody on the business side of this just assumes, just assumes that of course, this is your only priority. Of course, you'll change your, your plans. Of course, you'll cancel whatever you'll, we were in Florida over the holidays and, um, Frankie had like a callback for a commercial scheduled for like weeks. It was supposed to be the day after we got back on the calendar. And then two days before we were supposed to fly back from Miami, he gets a call and they're like, they want to move it to tomorrow. <laughs> Can you fly back early? And he's like, well, it's been scheduled for three weeks. And I, I mean, it's not like it's like a role of a lifetime. It was a, I mean, a big commercial, but just a commercial. So like I'm, I'll look into it, but really I'm not. I'm not going to pay to change my flight and miss out on seeing my parents and all this stuff just because they suddenly, like two days before, decided to switch the date. And it ended up he didn't switch it, and we ended up coming back anyway. And they actually did. They were like, we didn't see anyone we liked <laughs> the callback. So can you still come in the day he was originally scheduled? So you know he didn't get it, but it all worked out fine. It was just like, why would you even assume? They always do. That's the thing is that you just have to assume they're going to assume you don't have a life and that you're going to just drop everything. And there's something really empowering about saying, nope. Yeah. 
I'm not available. Mm-hmm. These are my book updates. I'm going. Um, and don't just, don't, you just don't look back because at the end of the day, all that matters is that you're living your life with people you love and you're, you know, I just had to really think about a lot about what makes me really happy in life. And it's just, it's being with good friends. It's having conversation. It's, um, it's taking trips and being good to myself. And when I'm good to myself, I, I feel like the career stuff blossoms a little bit more. And when I'm miserable and in despair and, um, holding on, yeah, it's like nothing moves. So I kind of have to trick myself into thinking or not, not trick myself, but I have to, um, consciously make a choice to make a different choice. Cause if you, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. Mm-hmm. So make a different choice and see how it goes. So last year was a really, it was a really big year of growth for me, but mostly because I just started to put my life first. How does your family relate to your life as an actor, like your parents? Um, you know, I've been acting since I was 11, mm-hmm. and I think it started out as just something to throw me in to get a break from the kids or something, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a hobby and something I didn't really know I could make a living doing, and so it's just this, been this evolution of like, oh, you're really doing this. You're really doing... My mom's always been really supportive, and my dad has been supportive to a point. He's a doctor, and he's very pragmatic and just worries about, but you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. And I think it's really scary, and he doesn't understand it. But at this point, he's accepted it. Um, I think, you know, when thing, I found that like when things are going well people are really happy for you and they think like, okay, like now you're off, you're flying, you're, you're, you're there. They don't realize that like the plane has to land again and you don't know when it's going to take off. And I think it's hard for them over the years to see me come home and say, I don't have anything going on. Um, I was shooting the Wolf of Wall Street and the next day babysitting all day. Mm-hmm. And I think they just find that to be weird. I think they just don't understand, like, you don't get a promotion. You don't right. get a raise in what you pay. You don't, doing that job didn't mean that you work forever. I right. think it's just so hard to understand. And I don't blame them. It's hard for me to understand. I still am like, what? <laughs> Why have I chosen this? This is a terrible, terrible profession. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still not convinced that I want to keep doing it. Yeah, it's especially... yeah. I'm very open to the idea of just saying, you know what, I'm done. Hmm. I was actually um, taking a. I was really on the edge of quitting acting before I booked The Wolf of Wall Street. I was um, auditioning and I just couldn't couldn't book anything. And um, again, in the winter, it's always in the winter. <laughs> decision. It's a horrible. The winter is happen. hard. It's um, hard. And. I, I talked to a friend and she said, well, what, what would you do if you weren't an actor? And I said, I'd, I'd probably be a therapist. I love talking to people and I love mm-hmm. helping my friends. And, um, I think I'm a good listener and all that stuff. And so I took a class at NYU continuing professional studies on choosing a career in mental health and counseling. So I was like really kind of doing oh, cool. the research to see what that would be. Um, and got into the last class, um, of the session. And that's when I found out I booked the Wolf of Wall Street. It had been a month. I didn't hear anything. There was a callback. I was convinced I didn't get it. And, and then it happened and it's just so random. Right. It's so frustratingly random. It didn't feel like a particularly good audition. Mm-hmm. I walked out and Matt said, how did it go? And I laughed and I was like, I don't know. I'm not going to get it. (laughs) So you can kind of lose your mind if you try to make sense of it. Yeah. It's kind of, I I mean, I've been at that point. I might be at that point again now. I'm always circling that point. (laughs) But it's always, it's strange how things will pull you back in. You're like, oh, well, now I have this 
little project in six months. So I guess I'll keep going for six months at least. And yeah. then, yeah. then I'll see, then I'll see what other options I have or what I can do. And then something else pops up that keeps you going another five months or whatever. I think it's good to, to think about what else you could do with your life and then try to do it. Try to, you know, during the slow times, maybe pursue something else. Yeah. Um, I started when I, planned my wedding I got really really into it and thought this feels just like theater to me this is yeah, putting on a show it's an event you know? um and I so anyway long story short I got myself into working at a wedding venue and loved it and then started assisting a wedding planner Melissa oh, cool. McNeely uh and I just loved it it really felt like oh my gosh I'm firing at all cylinders I'm I'm directing and I'm producing and I'm acting and I'm doing all these things and and it feels really good to be a part of someone's wedding day I mean it's such a happy for the most part it's such <laughs> a happy day and um I feel like I was good at fielding questions and dealing with problems as they came up and so that has become another sort of passion for me and, yeah. and way for me to make money over the past year and I still sometimes am like, okay, if I quit acting, I will just step on the gas with this yeah. and see if that does anything for me doing it, you know, full time. Mm -hmm. That's great. I didn't realize that you were doing that on the site as well. I feel like I've worn many hats. <laughs> I've tried on a lot of different what's that, that? there's some dr seuss book that's about i just remembering a picture of like a guy with like a hundred hats on his head that's what actors are i mean like haven't we all had a million different jobs and, yeah you know we're we're recession proof it's like uh oh, i know I at it. least at least we're used to it <laughs> at least we're used to the constant search and the the constant changing how is it for you and matt to be married as two actors how do you guys experience that I think it's pretty awesome to have live-in help with auditions. I mean, <laughs> just on a, like, you know, it's so, so incredibly convenient to have someone who understands, like, oh, we had plans tonight, and this thing just came in, and now I have to devote the evening to working on it. And there's right. no issue whatsoever. And in fact, it's like, great, let me know if you need help reading it or working on it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we put each other on tape and we help each other make decisions about, should I go in for this? It's this much money and, you know, sort of weighing, is it worth it or not? And it's also wonderful to come home from a, a day of working and, be able to share that language and have that shorthand. That's awesome. I love that. I can't even imagine not having that because it's, it's such a big part of our lives as actors is just talking, processing through a lot of it. Um, I think it gets hard when you, when you enter this world of we're going to be parents and in fact, we were talking this morning, like, what is that going to look like? And am I going to go back to work and when and how? And, um, I don't know. Again, it just circles back to having faith mm -hmm. that he will find employment and I will find employment and we will just figure it out. Um, so at times I'm like, I wish that one of us had something stable. Right. I felt that more now than I I didn't ever really feel that until now. Yeah. And now I just am kind of like, you know what? Maybe we'll have more time to spend with our kid. And we do reach out to a lot of friends who are in our situation or similar situation and just kind of not be shy about asking for help and advice. And people do it. People do it all the time. Yeah. And I think my family, like going back to my family, they're, they, when I told them I was pregnant, they were like, what are you going to do? How are you going to... Okay, cool. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell that they were like, how is that going to work? Um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, touche. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'll find but out. I'll let you know. I'll, yeah, I'll, In I'll nine get months. back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you something else about this. Oh, have you guys ever gotten to like work on something together? Did Were you in the same play when you met? 
at the Sundance thing? We were. We were. The Sundance Theater Lab is like a two-week reading, and then you it you know culminates in like having one performance of this reading of this new play. Um, so we've worked. You know, we've done like little readings here and there. Matt's mm-hmm. a writer, so you know I'll do a lot of his readings and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's awesome. I mean, we met in that context, so it feels very natural. Yeah. And we're so comfortable with each other's work because we're constantly working on stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, I mean, do you, do you and Frankie work together ever? You know, we've never gotten to do a play together. We've done some little readings and things, but I know it's something we'd both really like to do. Yeah. It could be great to do like a Shakespeare play together or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. We're always sort of looking for opportunities. He's always trying to write something where we could right. work together, and it just hasn't it hasn't been like the full length play thing yet. Yeah. But I mean, some people someday. some people like talk about that, and they're like, "Oh, that would be a disaster." But I think since we met in that context, and we're both like on the same page, I think we would just have so much fun. <laughs> I, I look forward to the day when yeah, we get to do a play maybe, together. And maybe not. Maybe it would be weird because a part of the thing that makes our relationship uh, work well is that we we value having other lot. We have lives outside of each other. Right. You know, we have friendships and we have social lives outside of each other, and we don't ask for permission. Oh, can I'm? Is it okay if I go and have a right. coffee today with so and so? I think it's that's like, so important. Hey, I'm having a lunch with this friend of mine cool have fun bye um so we're not our lives are not super intertwined so I think that would be interesting to see what it would feel like to work together and then come home and <laughs> I just see us talking about it ad nauseum like all night that's what would probably get frustrating is being like did you think that 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 look that she gave me like shady or like did you feel like you know I just yeah. you know how sometimes you can just overanalyze with people I think that's probably what would happen <laughs> I could see that um are there any like books or albums that you turn to when you're in the dark place and you need some inspiration or places you go or like really tangible things that you hold on to I'm a huge, huge proponent of music as a means to getting out of some gnarly headspace. Uh, that is always has always been naturally just where I go if I'm if I'm in a bad place. Uh, I just there's certain certain songs, certain artists that can help me access or just get out of my head, I guess. Um, if I need to be introspective and kind of go to the dark place, which I don't know why you would want to go to the dark place, but sometimes you maybe want to indulge. <laughs> I'll listen to, like this morning I was listening to Sarah McLaughlin. Um, she's just a little bit more emotional and I don't know. There's just something like if I want to get myself in the mood to like think about, life on a deeper level just, <laughs> you know Tori Amos Bjork um Sarah McLaughlin my girls um and I just I love just sometimes going on iTunes and just clicking on artists you might like or Spotify and just mm-hmm. spending hours just listening to new artists or listening to um I love listening to podcasts I mean that's just a huge pastime for me yeah me too um it's actually kind of taken the place of watching TV. Sometimes I'm like, I'd rather just close my eyes and lay on the bed and listen to Radiolab mm-hmm. or This American Life or The Compass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also and... gotten me so much more involved with, like, I'm not great at reading the newspaper every day, but I hear if you, I can sister. listen to, like, a political roundup once a week, it really – and from – people really explaining it in a way that I understand it really help. It, it's getting me excited about this election and knowing what's me going on. Me too. I, I love the Brian Lehrer show on mm. NPR. 
Um, he's got a show, I, I think, haven't listened to that like one. 10 to 11.30 or something like that. And it's on NPR, and I just stream it. And it's just anything on NPR. You can just leave it on all day, and it's all just great shows. Um, and that's, that's another way for me to just – I put it on, and I clean the house – you know, cleaning for me is a big outlet. It's just like, it's a way for me to have control yep. and to see immediate <laughs> results. <laughs> I just reorganized like my entire clothing collection the other day. I'm like, we did stuff also, out, folded things. Totally. You're Very like, satisfied. Well, let's do a big purge. And yes. Yeah. It's just, it feels, that has always like been uh, just a survival thing for me. I spend so many hours on the phone. Uh, just talking to my friends. So many of my friends don't even live in New York city anymore. And, uh, I'm just, my love language is quality time. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. That's how I receive love. That's how I give love. So just doing what we're doing feeds me tremendously. Just having real conversation and sharing is, is such a big part of my day. Um, getting on the phone and taking a walk and talking about life and fears and everything that's going on. That's, that's another go-to for me. Um, like I said, if you're in a bad place, it's like, okay, I need to eat well. I need to get myself out of the house and exercise. I, I mean, I went through this phase of feeling like I needed to catch up on all these books. And like there were, I felt like, oh, there's so much I haven't read and there's so much I haven't, there's so much content now. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of took a break from it. And I was like, I'm just going to read whatever I want to read. So f- right now it's just all about parenting and birthing and um, sleep training and just anything I can get my hands on. I'm just loving reading about parenting. It's just like I gave myself permission to just read what I wanted to read and not feel like I should be reading the latest, you know, Jonathan Franzen novel, <laughs> for example. Um, and just, you know, I actually read The Happiness Project at the end of last year. Have you read that? I, a couple years ago. Yeah, I enjoyed it. That actually really shook things up for me in a really cool way. That was a great self-help book to just kind of get you I don't know, thinking about, yeah, what are the things I want to work on? And and how would I actually make those things come to fruition? Yeah, I should read that again. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where you can pick up and just read again and and probably see new things every time. And um, that was one of the things I actually learned from her is this author was like, I just, one of my biggest goals was just to be me. And that's okay. And she was looking for a hobby and decided, I like, I don't know what I like to do. I don't, that's another thing I'm working on is like, what is, what is my hobby? Acting used to be my hobby and now it's my career. So Hmm. what are the things I like to do for fun? And she was like, someone told me the things that you like to do when you were probably 10 or 12, that's probably what it is. Like those, those things that you enjoyed. Um, and so she was like, well, I used to really love to read children's literature and Harry Potter sort of thing, Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. So she started a book club and I was like, that's genius. I, I love that idea. So yeah. I've just been trying to think about what's my hobby. It's so easy when you're an actor just to, it takes over your entire life and you go see plays for fun and you know, everything revolves around it. I think it's true we kind of get away from those other things or maybe yeah, maybe it's just what grad school does to you because you don't have time to do anything else and then you forget <laughs> yeah like you kind of want to be a more a well-rounded person yeah um I mean I love going to theater I just I find myself to be a very critical audience member I just am looking at the costumes and oh that set is distracting to me in this way or you know that's that's an interesting choice that actor made. I, I just have a hard time really relaxing. <laughs> Sorry, that's my neighbor. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I wish I could say theater was like a go-to place for me to get out of the dark place, but I it's just not. I think it's mostly like documentaries and films. Right. Um, I was going to ask, do you find watching like dance or going to concerts more 
inspiring? Oh, like other yeah. art forms more inspiring? I would say I should see more dance because every time I see any dance concert, I, I leave feeling so... I saw Pina Bausch a couple years mm-hmm. ago, um, and I just was filled with inspiration. I just... It was almost like bursting with it. Um because I have a background in dance too. So there's a part of me that's just like, Oh, I'm just living vicariously yeah. through these dancers expression. But you know, when I, when I go for sort of the film and TV stuff, it's really, I really like documentary. I, I don't, I don't mm. have to see acting. I can actually enjoy myself and I love real people. And I feel like it helps my acting to watch, to hear real human speech right that i think that's why i like uh, podcasts because i just like the cadence of how people really talk and how incredibly inarticulate we are you know we don't sound like we do on scripted tv we just don't have fully formulated beautiful articulate sentences (laughs) or talk like robots right so i you know how to make a or making a murderer there's a ton of stuff on HBO Go that they have like a whole documentary section. I've just yeah. devoured all of that. Um, but you know, when the weather's nice, I think a lot of the stuff that I do that's like survival mode has to do with the weather being nice. Yeah. It's just as simple as going to Prospect Park and reading a book outside. Yeah. So I find it really hard to what do you do in the wintertime? I, you know, you know, I bought. It's winter is terrible for me too, and I. Did bought, you buy a sad lamp? Yeah. <laughs> I need to get it out. I haven't used it yet this winter because actually, you know, winter kind of only happened recently. <laughs> um, That's amazing. But Good I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself use it, you know, for like 15 minutes in the morning consistently because I know it's about to get hard I'm like okay well it's almost through January and then it's only two more months (laughs) I think everybody needs a sad lamp everybody needs to take vitamin D supplements I mean it really does affect your life and I think every day Matt and I are like so we should just move to LA I mean we talk about LA every day because in the dead of winter it's just really hard to you know, you just feel like there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of places to go. And I would love to just spend my days on unemployment, just going to museums and stuff. But, um, I live in crown Heights and so it's, it's quite a trek for me to get to a lot of the good stuff. And it's not DC, you know, it's not (laughs) free either. I think there are free days, but, um, I, I remember Brittany Bond talking about going to museums, and that always helps me. I just wish I could do it more. I wish I could get it up to actually go to the Whitney. Yeah. Or I talk about it a lot more than I actually go. Right, um, but... and it always feels good when you do go. You're always like, oh, I'm, I'm making the most of my life, and I'm yeah. getting inspired. And But I, I, for some reason, I know that it's out there, and I'm still not doing it. Right. Well, maybe that can be the next time we hang out. It's because we have a MoMA membership. So we, I, I, you, you can come do? with me. I, I bought it for our first wedding anniversary. That's genius. As like the paper gift. And yeah. then we renewed it this year because we liked having it. But we need to go more. So we should go do that. Yeah. I would love to. I love the MoMA. And um, Brooklyn Museum. I live really close to the Brooklyn Museum. That's awesome. Um, there's this thing called a New York ID. I saw this and I need to re. You know, I I looked it up once, and I think you have you had to like make an appointment. Yeah, to get it. To get it. I think it's I think it's worth it because everyone talks about how you get yeah. free memberships to museums for a year. I need to just do it, but I got intimidated by the fact that I'd actually needed to like. It felt like I was going to be interviewed or something. <laughs> Are you really a New York Are... resident? <laughs> but. Yeah I've, yeah, I've heard it's good, too. I think too. That's, probably, that's probably a good thing to do. Winter goals. I don't know. I'm Hashtag still figuring winter it goals. out. I'm still figuring it out. I, I need help. I yeah. Need, I need more suggestions. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to consciously make this winter less painful for myself. <laughs> yeah, how's it going for you? Um, I mean, so far it's been good. Probably because <laughs> we went to Florida for, you know, a long time over the holidays. <laughs> And then now, um, 
I, I spoke to someone last week on the podcast about this, but we're like revamping this version of Uncle Vanya that we did a couple years ago. Awesome. Just last night, tonight, and tomorrow upstate. So I've had that <sighs> like two weeks of random rehearsals for that. So it's, I've been distracted. So after this weekend, winter's going to hit me full force again, and I need to find find more ways. But I hear you, sister. I just signed up for a, a work study at a yoga studio. Oh, cool. So you that's, get... that's one of my strategies that yeah. I've come up with. Discounted classes or free classes from it? Free classes, like four hours a week gets you unlimited classes, which nice. is baller because yeah. it's so expensive. It's $18 a pop usually. Is it near your house? It's pretty close. It's not too bad. I mean, it's it's like a, a nice long walk where it's a short uh, subway ride. But, you know, I always, I always feel better when mm, the weather's nice. Yeah. I don't struggle that much. I can just kind of think of a million things to do for free that are super easy and fun and make me feel better immediately. It's, yeah. it's th- these are the times when you really need to have like a toolbox of things to pull. And <sighs> do you think, I mean, Frankie and I were going through a phase where we were talking about LA all the time too last year and then, mm. or like nine months ago all the time, <laughs> mostly because of housing, housing prices. And the fact yes. that we could have like a yard. <laughs> yep. Um, One of those mythical things. But I think we've kind of dropped it because we, we just reiterated to ourselves that like our, we've lived here for 10 years and our friends who are our family, we have such a support group here that I don't know if we could leave it, honestly. And now people are starting to have kids. It would be very hard for us to leave those people who are our chosen family. Unless, unless we really, that. really got an amazing job or something first to go there, but you know, a lot of my, fa- a lot of our friends are actually fleeing from the city. That's yeah. kind of what's put the, the idea in our head, and and really try to take it seriously because we have like my best friends have moved out west, and it is not the answer to your problems. I think it is a complete lateral move in terms of the pri- the cost of living when you add two cars, yeah. insurance, yeah. gas, maintenance. Um, you know, and housing is not that much cheaper in LA from the research I've done. Um, I think Matt's big thing right now is you can do more. You can just go hiking. You can go to the beach. You can take a walk. You can if you're a person who loves the outdoors and, and right. likes to exercise, there's just, there's no limitations really. Um, and that's a big thing. That's a, that's kind of a, becoming a huge thing for us. It's tempting. Um, because it's such a way to f- instantly feel better all around. Um, the driving would be hard for me though. That's something I love about New York is not having to drive. You know, what's funny is that I, I've always loved public transportation, but when I see these women, um, being pregnant in the city is, is yeah. something else. I mean, it really does change your view of, I mean, you are walking upstairs and you are waiting on your feet and people uh, at this point don't know I'm pregnant. So I'm, I'm not getting seats yet on the subway. Um, and first trimester was a time when I really needed it the most because I was so sick. I was oh. so, so nauseous and just needed to sit and breathe with my eyes closed. Right. Um, you know, just constantly getting groceries and walking them up flights of stairs. And uh, so then I imagine like, oh, my gosh, a baby attached to me or a stroller. I have to get up the stairs. Yeah. Um, that's what's kind of making me really want to consider another lifestyle I think it, like I said, it's, it's kind of a 50, 50, mm-hmm. you would gain a lot and you'd lose a lot. It's true. Cause I love theater and I love, I love my NYU community here and my studio Tish and I'm a member of the actor's company theater and they keep me really busy with readings and stuff. And, um, so I'd be leaving a lot behind that actually keeps me fed as an artist, but mm-hmm. I would gain an easier lifestyle. And I'm 32 and I'm kind of up for it. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's on the table. I've lived my like girl's life, you know, I've done that. I've like lived with crazy roommates and 
shared bad apartments and thought it was really cool and sexy and it totally was at the time (laughs) and now I'm like I just want like a backyard space and like I just you just want nice things and you want it to be easy a little easier yeah totally but I'll keep you posted (laughs) yeah let me know this is why I love talking about all these questions because it's I'm I'm thinking about them too so I like to see like you were saying about crowdsourcing information about parenting. Like I like to see how everyone else is thinking about it and to know I'm not the only one. I know we just said that you don't actually get the most out of going to other plays, other people's plays, but is there anything you've seen recently that you want to recommend? And you mentioned a few documentary things, but. Well, and I don't mean to make it sound like I don't get a lot out of theater. I, I do. I think it just comes down to, um, when you live in a borough and it's it's hard to get into, I don't know. It's it's yeah. there's a lot of excuses I'm coming. It's also up with, expensive. But it comes down to money and being far away. Yeah. If I lived in Manhattan Plaza, I would probably be all over it. Yeah. But um, once the sun goes down and the PJs are on, I'm not going out. So I'm just that's just sort of my like lazy reality. Yeah. I got to see the opening night of Noises Off. How was it? It was fantastic. It was so, it, just a night of fun and laughing and, Good. um, it's just such a silly play. And I was up, I was watching it thinking I would give anything to be, that's the other thing for me. Yeah. This is the other thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that you're watching a play and all you can think about is how I want to be up there. I want to be doing that. And, you know, you, you might go through this thing of, why didn't I go in for that? Why didn't I get called in? And it's just, it's hard for me to really release and surrender mm-hmm. into the experience. I'm so, I, like I said, I'm just so critical. And the one thing that you can still see in the city that I've seen multiple times that I just find to be so magical and inspirational and freaking fantastic is Forza Bruda. I still have not seen it. Okay, Frankie go, saw it, but I haven't. It's, I, I, and I don't know if it just speaks to me because I love dance and I love mm-hmm. uh, loud music, but it, it is such an incredible experience. And um, I think you can get affordable tickets on TKTS. And um, that's that's something I feel like I always want to just oh, I need some inspiration. That's something I would always go back and see and happily spend the money and it would be a magical experience every time. Go, go see Forza Bruno. Okay, I, I like will. It, it might not be here forever and yeah. we probably take it for granted that it's still here, but man, I just, I, and I saw De La Guarda. Okay. That was the first show that that theater company, um, what, it's, I don't remember the name of the theater company that produces that, but that was also an incredible experience. Yeah, I hear it's amazing. And I love like really, really physical, challenging stuff. Then you would love it and telling you that is something that I would highly recommend. Wonderful. Um, But unfortunately, I just don't, I just don't get out that much. Well, come the spring. (laughs) Exactly. And then I'll, you'll see me frolicking around. Gardens and 42nd Street with a child in tow. Um, um, well, on that note, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I think like we could talk all day, me. but it's nice such a to pleasure. Talk about. It's nice to process through. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.